Hello, hello, and welcome to The Fierce Life with me, your host, Conceita Thomas. Today, we are going deep into a juicy topic. We just keep them rolling. Last week was juicy. This week is going to be juicy. We're talking all about body positivity and weight loss, whether or not it's possible to love your body and lose weight and do both at the same time. It's going to be a juicy one. I don't know if you need a pen and paper or a glass of LaCroix wine or whatever you drink, but jam out to the show tunes, get whatever you need to be ready for this episode, and join me on the other side with my special guest, Jasmine Murphy, but you may know her as Becoming Jay. Welcome to The Fierce Life, presented by Conceda Thomas. This podcast is designed to give you the food and fitness strategies, tools, and inspiration that you need to create sustainable results without making the process a second job. You will save the mental and emotional energy that's normally drained by this process and instead use that energy to live your most fierce life. Hello, welcome back. This is episode 103. You are here with Conceda Thomas and Jasmine Murphy. And fierce friend, we are about to get deep into a conversation that has had the internet buzzing for at least the last four years. Wouldn't you say so, Jasmine? I Yeah, I'd have to say it's been probably four or five years. Yeah. Yeah, it's been four or five years. So, you know, everybody is out here in the mean internet streets, the social media streets, talking about whether or not it's possible to love your body and lose weight, and whether or not those two can truly coexist. There are a lot of opinions out there, and we are not short of opinions over here. But before we get into that, I want to introduce you to my guest. My guest is Jasmine Murphy. She is a fellow health and wellness fit pro. We met way, way back. I don't even remember anymore what year it was, but we were in a business coaching program together, and I don't even know when we became aware of each other, but at some point (laughs) we became aware of each other. We realized that we were out here um, helping people. We had very similar philosophies. Besides that, we had a lot in common personally. And, you know, if you ever have met someone and you just clicked, that was kind of Jasmine and I. So we spent a couple of years, I think, uh, talking over the internet and actually just met in person for the first time this year where we were roommates at yet another business conference. So it's been an amazing ride. Jasmine is a body positive health and wellness educator. She specializes in helping people who want to lose a hundred pounds or more. Her story and her journey is amazing. She does amazing work out here and I'm going to let her introduce herself to you. Fierce friends meet Jasmine. Hey, fierce friends. And thank you so much for letting me come into your space today. I'm so excited to be here. Um, So like Conceda said, my name is Jasmine, or you may know me as Jay from Becoming Jay. Um, I started my journey in 2016. Um, I was over 700 pounds and I knew that I had to make a change. I had my breaking point and decided to document my journey so that I could help other women Um, learn how to make the same changes in their daily lives, even if they felt like it was impossible. There were no other 
examples out there of women our size doing it. So I started sharing my modified workouts and my day-to-day my day-to-day situations, <laughs> the good times, the bad times, the crying, the celebrating, all of the things, right? And now I help other women. I provide um, modified workouts, um, modified ways of eating to help, much like conceited, to help make this process enjoyable and educational and it doesn't have to be, you know, deprivation and, you know, tears and just misery all the time so it can be you know a lifelong change yes yes and you do it well jasmine so tell us jasmine and for those of you who have who are new here uh, my complete and total stories in episode one um for those of you who have been here a long time we won't revisit all of that but a quick recap is just that I also am someone who has struggled with my weight most of my adult life. It's looked different at different times. Sometimes it's been struggling and being overweight. Other times it's been struggling while no one knew because from the outside I was ripped and jacked and looked like the picture of a fitness magazine success story, but I was still on the struggle bus because the approach was quite frankly miserable and hijacking my life. So Jasmine and I definitely share that passion of helping people who want to change in a way that actually not just works, but it actually feels good. So with that in mind, we got opinions, don't we, Jasmine? (laughs) We've got opinions and we've got perspective on this whole weight loss industry, both the all or nothing, go hard or go home side of things that was so very common, um, still is, but and the side that kind of really got mainstream in 2015, which is the body positivity side and really just encouraging us to love ourselves, to accept ourselves as we are, to value ourselves beyond what our body looks like and can do, to value our body for what it can do, not just what it looks like, and all of the things. But the thing that Jasmine and I have talked about before is that we're so happy that there's awareness being brought to the fact that healthy and fit looks a lot of different ways and that everyone is worthy of fitness and everyone is worthy of love. Um, At the same time, as that movement picked up steam, it started to feel like a different type of oppression to me. What about you, Jasmine? Like what, what was your experience in 2015 when the body positivity movement really picked up steam in the mainstream fitness arena? Yeah, you know, it was really interesting to me because I grew up in a home of body positivity. So I was always told I could do anything, I could be anything, um, I could be loved by anyone and deserved it no matter what my body looked like. When I started my journey is really when the body positivity movement, so to speak, morphed, right? Um, And what I started to notice was that it went from being, be proud of who you are, celebrate who you are, to there was this real harsh line in the sand. You know, you either had to completely embrace who you were and not want to make any changes and not feel like there was anything that could be done to improve 
your yourself, period. To me, that's more self-development than anything. There was this huge backlash against diet culture, which I understand for all intents and purposes in the way that um, we have been indoctrinated with it. I understand it. However, um, it turned to a, a place where if you wanted to just step on a treadmill, God forbid, you were, you hated your body and you were promoting diet culture, right? But then there was another side of this where there, and I think what most people don't realize and what I've come to learn is that a lot of that extremeness with the body positivity movement came from the fact that on the fitness side, a lot of really, really fit people <laughs> to claim body positivity. And it was, look at me, I have a six pack. I love my body. I'm awesome. And it started to become not what it was supposed to or what it originated as, right? It wasn't a, this, this group of marginalized people who were told that they weren't good enough, who were told that they weren't adequate enough saying, hey, it's okay for me to be okay with me. And it started to turn into another way of basically dressing up diet culture in sheep's clothing, right? Ooh, that's good. Let that hang in the air for a moment. Dressing up diet culture in sheep's clothing. Clothes as body positivity. Stop that hang there for a minute. Let everybody digest that. And now a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Coaching Club. Coaching Club is my group coaching program. It's a monthly membership where you can get all of your workouts programmed and planned for you. Full follow along workout videos so that you are working out right alongside me. Access to a database of over 100 figure friendly meal ideas and growing every single month and camaraderie, support, and access to a coach every single day. That's just the tip of the iceberg of what you get in Coaching Club, but I think you get the point. And for a limited time, you can try out Coaching Club for yourself for one week at no risk by claiming your one-week free trial. Head over to ConcitaThomas.com slash trial. That's ConcitaThomas.com slash trial to claim your one-week free trial of Coaching Club. That's interesting. And I, that, I find your perspective very interesting because the part that I did miss was, and this is why I wanted to talk to you specifically, because we have some similar perspectives, but very different experiences. And I knew this would be a rich conversation. So I totally missed the six pack abs people saying, look at me, I love myself, I'm body positive. I didn't catch that. But what I did catch, um, especially as this became hot and heavy right after I gave birth to my second child. So I definitely was very much so in weight loss mode. Mm -hmm. And I was formerly, formerly um, someone who was in like ultra shape and six pack and all that. And I wasn't someone who even had more than 60 pounds to lose, right? So I definitely can identify with that stuck in the middle feeling, but I didn't notice the six pack abs people saying, hey, I'm body positive, look at me. But what I did notice was that it seemed like a lot of the people who were peddling a message that definitely came off as you should not 
want to change, you don't need to change. And a lot of those people later came back full circle and kind of corrected that. And they now preach more of a, your body, you can do whatever you want to do with it because it's yours. Just make sure that the motives are purely coming from you and that you're not being um, kind of made to feel a certain way by the patriarchy and all that, right? But what I did notice is that it seemed that everyone who was preaching the nobody needs to change, just love yourself, to me, and granted, everybody has a different idea of ideal for themselves, but to me, they were people who visually looked very well like they could be on a fitness ad, right? Some of them had six packs. Those that didn't definitely have flat stomachs. Some of them were chiseled. Those that didn't definitely have visible muscle tone. And here I was, new mom who was used to be in in really great shape, um, definitely a lot softer and jiggly than I was used to. Also working to help women lose weight in a way that felt good and that was also effective. And honestly, if I'm being honest, Jasmine, I had a moment where I questioned whether or not I was doing the right thing or if I was part of the problem. Like I knew for me, I wanted to lose weight, period, point blank. Nothing a body positive police could say that would change my mind on that. Like I knew I was very clear on what felt comfortable to me. I like to run and jump and sprint and push ups and pull ups. I can feel a three pound difference. And I like doing that stuff. So I knew for me that I wanted to lose weight. But there was a moment where I questioned whether or not I was doing women a disservice to be aiding them in their desire to lose weight because the message was so loud and strong that we just needed to be as we were, take up as much space as we did and be okay with that and just love every lump and bump. And I was conflicted for a while. I was, as a matter of fact, I wrote an article on the Huffington Post about it, why I want the body positive police to have several seats after I got clear on the fact that there are always going to be people who want to lose weight and why they want to lose weight is not my business. There will always be people out there willing to help them lose weight in ways that are not safe and in ways that are destructive, both to the physique and to the psyche. And I had to accept the fact that I was the person who was going to stand in the gap and help those people who had already made that decision that they wanted to lose weight, find a way to do it that was enjoyable because I felt strongly about that and I know how good it made me feel to be able to do that. But I would be lying if I said, oh, I was never conflicted. Oh, block the haters, twirl on your haters. I didn't pay attention. I really was like, wait, am I bamboozled, hoodwinked, and led astray? Should I not be helping women lose weight? (laughs) Well, and you know, I think what's interesting is that whenever I am approached with, um, with really, really intense opposition to things, whether it be like someone having something really negative to say about something that I post or something I'm doing or anything like that. I always ask, where could that be coming from? And Mm. nine times out of 10, those things are coming out of a place of hurt. And what I realized when it comes to the body positive movement, the people that were making you feel so uncomfortable and the people that have made me feel so uncomfortable with wanting to change my body you know, wanting to, to lose that weight for whatever the reason is, a lot of that stemmed from hurt as well. A lot of that stemmed from hurt from, if you, I don't know if you remember that around this time, there was a, I believe it was an editorial done, but I know it was an ad 
of a woman that had like five kids and a brand new baby. And she was posing with her six pack and she was like, what's your excuse? That is what I'm talking about. Body positivity, uh, about diet culture, veiled in in body positiveness, positivity movement, because when asked about that, she was like, I'm just showing that I love myself and that you can do this and da, da, da. So she tried, mm-hmm. you know, the whole thing was tried to, they tried to mask it with body positive, right? What happened right. is that these women who were like, hey, I'm worthy and I'm capable and I should be able to be who I am and be enough. And if I'm happy with me, that should be okay. They felt hurt and slighted and their platform stolen from them. And so then there comes this really heavy opposition of, you won't let me have this seat. I'm going to make this new seat. Stop telling me I have to change. Mm-hmm. You're a part of the problem. You're a part of the problem. So then you have these two sides just really battling. Totally makes sense. One thing that you said that just, it resonates with me and, and is something that I've said before we would be so much better in the entire movement if we all realized as women that we all battle these issues mm-hmm. and that we all have our own level of what we expect of ourselves and no one else should dictate what that level is. For me, I have never told anyone what my goal weight is. I'm asked that all the time and I always say, I don't know. Because for me, it wasn't about a number on the scale. It never has been because I've always been heavier, even as a child. But I knew a certain quality of life I wanted to maintain, and I no longer was living that quality of life, right? So how dare someone, how dare someone tell me, you know, you can't work out, you don't love yourself when I'm working out because I love myself because I am not happy emotionally and mentally where I'm at, because my quality of, for me, for Jay, for Jasmine, my quality of life is not where I expect it to be, right? Now, I can have that quality of life at 250 pounds, and I might be happy when I'm there again, right? Whereas Conceda, you've known what it's been like to be way less than that, and you know what your quality of life felt like way less than that, and so you know that that is not where you're happy right? And I think people take body positive and they lump it into externally what you can see and they mm-hmm. forget that the body is a whole. There's a brain, there's a heart, there's, there's mental, there's emotional, there's physical, right? And so if you're not feeding into your brain, into your heart and feeling comfortable in those two places, then what's the purpose in feeling comfortable in your outward body? So if there's that disconnection, the positivity is really in feeding all of it and making sure that everything is in aligned, is in alignment, that you're happy with where you are. And who's to, who is to tell you that that's right or wrong? Who's to say yeah. that to yourself? I have a super fit friend who keeps talking about unfat, uh, how she's unfatting herself. And you <laughs> can see would look at her and be like, unfat where? Like, <laughs> you are just ridiculously chiseled but for her those three pounds that she gained she can see it and she's not happy mm-hmm. and who am I to tell her that she's ridiculous she knows where she's happy and where she's not 
I think I have to agree with you on that. And I know that some will say, well, why aren't you happy? And no one was born unhappy. And who told you to not be happy? It's, it's the patriarchy. It's conditioning. I know there are those that will still argue that despite what you're saying. But I think you really hit the nail on the head. Everyone has a different expectation of quality of life for themselves. And that's made up of how they feel, how they look, how the mental health side of it, all of that. And really, I think we would all be fooling ourselves if we said that every single decision we made, even outside of how we look, eat, or work out, was not influenced by something. If you want to go with that argument of, well, no one came out of the womb feeling they were too heavy. Well, no one came out of the womb feeling a lot of things or desiring a lot of things that we that we often pursue that people will stamp as worthy pursuits. So I think, yes, our environment conditions us and shapes us, the family we grow up in, um, what we've experienced. Like you said, what, what experiences we've had and what experiences we haven't had. So I've experienced being super fit and feeling very light on my feet and doing box jumps and not feeling it when I land. So that's my personal standard. So I think, I think you I never want to run in my life. I don't like to run. <laughs> so you talk about box jumps and running, and I couldn't care less. <laughs> but that's me. And and you you know you say the people are saying you know you weren't born feeling too heavy or feeling that, but you also weren't born feeling like skinny was bad or fit right. was bad or thin was bad. You didn't know that. I liken it to me being from a multi-ethnic background. Growing up, my parents were not of the same ethnicity and I had no idea that they were different. I didn't know I was different. I didn't know I was different until I went to school and somebody mm -hmm. pointed it out. It's the same thing with our bodies. You don't know that your aunt that's thin is thin and that's a good or bad thing and you're chubby and that's a good or bad thing and your grandma is, is morbidly quote-unquote morbidly obese and that's a good or bad thing until someone points it out but you know if you feel good about yourself I have a family member who loves to be fit and loves to work out but doesn't like to see her collarbone nobody told her that the collarbone was good or bad she knows what she doesn't like on her body and that kind of thing is just inherent in you. I don't care what anybody says. You know when you feel good internally and when you don't. You know when you wake up in the morning and look at yourself and say, girl, I look good. <laughs> and, and another person might not think that that looks good. And that doesn't sway how you felt about yourself when you very first wake up and look at it, right? Right. Same thing is for your total health. Like, yeah, nobody tells you that. Or you know what you feel until someone tells you otherwise. Yes. So I think that's a perfect segue into the fact that if you guys haven't caught on by now from the way this conversation is going, Jasmine and I both believe that you can be pod body positivity. By, no, you can't be body positivity. That's the thing. But you can be body positive. <laughs> and want to lose weight at the same time. So since we agree that that's pos possible, let's talk about practical ways that you can approach a weight loss process 
that still honors and respects your current body. Because I think part of how we got to a place where sometimes uber fit, uber lean people were saying, well, anyone who wants to change is just buying into it. I actually got into, I don't argue on social media, but I actually had someone come for me in my comments <laughs> on social media about Why this. They do that? She was so disappointed in me for promoting this. And we had a whole conversation about, about that, like about the fact that, yeah, I want to lose weight and I'm sharing that. And I'm fully aware that there are women who are larger than me that may read this. And there are plenty that are leaner than me that may read this. I'm sharing my story and everything that I promote is actually safe and healthy, both physically and mentally. So there you go. Bye, Felicia. But I didn't say bye, Felicia, because you know, classy. (laughs) But, but there are ways, I think some of the people who think that you can't do both is because possibly what's been presented to us before as the way to get lean or get ripped or maybe what they've done to get there. And they're like, that's definitely not body positive. So if you want to lose weight, it can't be body positive, but there are more than one, there's more than one way to skin a cat. So let's talk about how, how, from your personal experience, like, can you share maybe some of the practices that you have that help you to approach your weight loss goals, your quality of life goals, to still be body positive, to still honor the body that you have today. Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, I think a lot of people, when they feel like you can't do that, they're told, they go into this feeling like they're doing it for a number on the scale or a pant size, like something that is tangible, but fleeting, right? And what I did for me personally, um, a little backstory, because I don't think I shared it with, with your fierce friends, um, is that I fell outside and I couldn't get up. Mm-hmm. And there were two gentlemen that tried to help me up and I didn't trust that they, they were strong enough to help pick me up or that I was strong enough to help them help me. And they wanted to call the ambulance to get me up. And I was in my early thirties and I said, this is ridiculous. You know, um, there's an elderly woman that wants to let me go ahead of her now because she saw me fall And I should be taking a seat for her. Like, no, you go ahead of me. Like, there's no, it just didn't make any sense to me. So when I started my journey, and mind you, this was my restart. Because just like everybody else, even though I loved myself, I tried to lose weight. You know, those those comments from the boys, if you were five pounds lighter, I would date you. You know, so-and-so would be there for you if he knew that there was competition and there's not because, you know, of your weight those things do, they do affect you sometimes. And so before I was trying to lose weight for the wrong reasons, for those reasons, and it never stuck. It never stuck because those things are fleeting. This time, my reason was grounded in my ability. It was grounded in my, like I said, my quality of life, probably beat that into the ground, but it was grounded in my quality of life. My reason wasn't, I need to lose 50 pounds. I need to be a size 18. My reason was, I need to be able to get up off the ground. I need to be able to be rescued out of my window if we have a fire. I need to be able to be pulled out of the rubble if we have an earthquake. I need to be able to save my kids. So it became more of a physical ability versus a number on the scale. 
So what I had to do is I had to start focusing. I'm first asking yourself why you're doing this. Why are you so intent on losing the weight? What is your reason why? Mm-hmm. And if your reason is the number on the scale, why is it the number on the scale? Get to the very root, the essence of why you are doing this. And this is where all of that mindset work comes in. People think it's just diet and exercise. And no, the diet and the exercise are, I like to call them a side effect of the mental work that you do. Right? Ooh, say it one more time. That's a tweetable. Diet and the exercise are a side effect of the mental work that you do. You have to get to the root of why you are where you're at and what is your driving force to move past that before you can make these changes that are lasting, before you can create this lifestyle change that we all hear so much about, right? And so I knew my why and I was passionate about my why and my why was that I can't fall outside and not get up at 30 something years old. My body is that, uh, my ability is that of an 80-year-old, and I'm 30. Now, mind you, health-wise, everything else is fine. No high blood pressure, no cholesterol. And that was always my reasoning for not being so intense in the gym or so diligent about my diet because I don't have any problems till the day I had the problem. And the problem was I couldn't get up. Mm-hmm. So I began to focus, once I knew my why, I knew the reason why I was in there. The reason why I was in there was something that I had to do for myself. Every single day I reminded myself of that and every single day I went in with my idea of what was going to be my measure of success. So for instance, when I was doing kickboxing, when I started kickboxing, I was seating When I started kickboxing, I was seated the entire time. I could not stand up and do the class. I couldn't stand up for more than maybe 90 seconds at a time. And so my focus became getting to the point where I could stand up for all of the punching movements in the class. And I could still sit while we did the kicks. And I learned how to modify my kicks seated. Once I was able to stand the entire time for all the punching movements, then it was, okay, stand for one song doing kicks and punches. Can you get through one song? Then that became my marker. And then when I could do that, then it was this particular song. He had, oh my gosh, I still call it the devil song. It's Listen, it's Genuine's Pony, but it's like fast and remixed and it's, ridiculous and he plays it and we're like oh here we go it's fun but you're like oh I'm about to get it handed to me and my goal was to make it through that whole song can because it was intense it was Mm -hmm. the song right before our cool down it was like the cash out the all out can you make it through that song right and so my markers began to become my abilities How much stronger can I get? How much more progress am I seeing in that way instead of what's the scale doing? And what I noticed is before long, I was able to say I've lost over 200 pounds and I haven't used fad diets. I haven't done the juice cleansing fast. I haven't had to take weight loss pills or any of those things because all of that stuff aligns itself, right? 
and the journey stops being about the number on the scale and starts being about that true reason why you want to make a change in your life. I know that as powerful as Jasmine's story is, there are some people who are conflicted. I talked to some of my clients who, like I was in 2015, are conflicted because they can get up and they do have a, a reasonable um, amount of physical ability and physical capacity, but they still want to change. And we've got what used to be anyway, the body positive police. They were really loud for at least two years telling you that if basically if you wanted to change, that it was vanity, that you were caving to societal pressure. And I want to just come clean and be very transparent that my why didn't have to do with physical ability. Um, my why, at least not in the beginning, and actually the second time around a little bit after having a baby, but not totally, but I like certain clothes. <laughs> there are just certain clothes I like. Right. I like, uh, I mean, I didn't jeans. I like to wear the two together and I prefer how they look when the line from the shirt to the jean is straight. I just do. And when I first ever got to a point where I wanted to lose weight was in college. I had gone into college pretty much a size six, came out a very tight, um, I think it was like a 16. I wouldn't buy an 18. Um, or maybe it was a 14, I wouldn't buy a 16, somewhere there. So basically I had doubled or almost tripled in size, even though I was still not what some would consider a larger body. It was much larger than what I was used to. And my breaking point, well, I had many, but one of my breaking points was getting ready to go out one night, go out dancing and wanting a new outfit and going to the mall and not the stores that I was accustomed to shopping in. Mm -hmm. And then really thinking that something was just wrong that night, not understanding. And really, I don't even know what made me try to go into, I don't even know if Lane Bryant is still around, but I went in just to see. And while it didn't fit perfectly, it didn't look like I was swimming in it the smallest size they had fit. And that was my first time of being aware that at least readily available off the rack, the clothing that they made for people in larger bodies, like it wasn't as cute. I could not understand why it, it did not. Everything just looked like a tent. Like everything was just the colors. They, I couldn't find anything that was brightly colored. And I just thought, I'm not doing this. I was in college. So I was less, I wasn't even, was I 20? Might've been 20, 21, something like that. And so I just want to say for those who maybe don't identify with Jasmine's story, who may be thinking, okay, well, I should just suck it up because she's right. I can be rescued. My quality of life is okay. Um, quality of life spans across a lot of different areas. And if you consider yourself a fashionista and you like the fashion choices that are available at a certain size, like that's okay too. Like Jasmine said earlier, I really think you said it so eloquently. Everyone has a personal standard for themselves and it is more than okay for you to pursue your personal standard. Yeah, you, you had something that was making you 
not feel positive about your body. You had a situation that made you not feel positive in your body, made you not feel happy. Mm-hmm. And it was totally okay and justifiable for you to take the steps that you needed to so that you could get back to a place of comfort, right? That's a part of, of overall health and wellness. Like you were taking care of your, your wellness, right? I think the biggest thing about body positivity comes in not shaming women, period, for their choices. Like the fact that you and I can be friends and we can talk about these things and then we can meet up at a conference and I can have a gummy bear and you not be like, shame on you, right? Um, And still be able to say, this is my beautiful friend and me be able to say the same thing. Is mm-hmm. body positive. Is, that is the body positive movement. It mm-hmm. is being comfortable and being supportive, right, of women and stop breaking each other down. Stop pointing out every little thing that we think is wrong with the way we look, the way we think, the way we navigate. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, let's get to the second way. I have a, a second way, like tactically, once we get beyond the mindset part of how to approach weight loss in a body positive way, and I'm going to be very transparent and tell you guys that my first couple of attempts at weight loss, my first couple of times at the rodeo, I was not so enlightened and I did not know this, <laughs> which is why I got so excited and why I teach this to people now that I do, is that to is that we can approach weight loss in a way that's nourishing and enjoyable rather than in a way that's punishing. I think a big part of that narrative about wanting to lose weight is not body positive is because at least when I was coming along in this whole weight loss thing and when I was first trying to lose weight, it was all about calorie reduction. It was all about what you needed to not eat. It was all about what you shouldn't have it was all about nothing tastes as good as skinny feels which is so laughable because they have never had my peach cobbler i'm saying um it's just it was all about deprivation what you needed to cut out and um i think that can definitely trigger some feelings of punishment and some feelings of because i have to lose weight have to in air quotes I don't get to, air quotes, have things I like. Kind of like a kid who doesn't get to enjoy summer vacation because they didn't study during regular school and now they have to go to summer school. That's the way I used to approach weight loss. And I don't think that is body positive. And I think, especially when there are so many ways to approach it um, that feel good. So that's one of my tactical tips. What else do you have? Um, You know, and to piggyback off of what you said, um, taking the bad out of things, right? I tell Mm -hmm. my clients all the time, there is no bad food. Mm -hmm. Food doesn't have a moral compass, right? It's either, is it going to help me reach my goals or is it not? And if it's not, is it worth it, right? It's just a very, a very quick answer. And sometimes it's worth it. And, And sometimes it's allowing yourself the grace to say, I'm stressed. I want a glass of wine. It is going to be more detrimental to me to not have this wine and deprive myself 
and then in six hours drink a bottle versus <laughs> having the glass. Because we've all been there, right? Like, I know I'm not the only one. I know, you know, this isn't a punishment. Like, none of this is punishment. It is a decision that you make whether or not you want to work on changing some aspect of your life or not right and what that change looks like and and what that change will be it's not a punishment and it's not anything to feel guilty about and once you remove that and look at it you know subjectively i think it it helps a lot and then speaking kindly to yourself throughout the entire process understand you are capable you are beautiful you are strong exactly the way you are and all you're doing is growing you know i absolutely agree i feel like you read my notes jasmine um that was number three which is watch that self-talk i definitely um agree with something that you said where like food doesn't have a moral compass and i know it's probably annoying to my clients that i work with one-on-one but they'll say you know i had this and i know that was bad and i'll say was it and they, they, they get it. At first, they don't. At first, they're like, yeah, it was, because it wasn't figure-friendly. But after a while, they're like, okay, so it wasn't bad. It wasn't the most beneficial. I'm like, oh, okay, yes, I agree. It wasn't the most beneficial for your goals. But just watching that self-talk, because I do think that it is possible, it's possible to be doing all the right things with all the wrong narrative and still have your process not be body positive, because still in your head, you're trying to achieve a level of worthiness, right? I'm good if I eat the salad. I'm good if I lose the weight. I'm good if my jeans can fit. I'm good if I can get up off the ground. And it's like, no, like you may have an improved state of health or improved state of well-being or improved state of physical ability, but you as a person are not bad until you achieve those things. And I think part of the struggle that I see a lot of women have, especially when the internal resistance kicks up and it's like self-sabotage, I want to lose weight, but I'm doing all the things that make it hard to lose weight. I've had several clients, when we get to the meat of it, say, you know, I think the bottom line is, is I'm struggling with whether or not I should even be worried about this weight. I'm healthy. Should I be worried about this weight? And again, it's that whole internal resistance around if I'm giving energy to this, is that bad? Is that vain? Is that somehow not loving myself? And if, just as you said so powerfully, if any part of your daily living, physically or mentally or emotionally, is impacted by your current state, the current state of your body, then you deserve to change it if you want. Without seeing yourself as bad. Well, and what you said, you, you just um, made a comment about, you know, am I bad that I didn't do this? You know, did I fail that I didn't, you know, because I didn't do this, I didn't make the right decision. Um, you know, you have to stop and ask yourself, when that's the narrative that you have, what happens when you do have something that stops you from being able to do something? What happens when you do get that ankle injury? What happens when you do have that off day? What happens when you do have that emergency at home? What happens when the economy tanks and you and your family are on ramen noodles? 
for a oh, month yeah. and a half. Oh, that's yeah. People really give up. And that's when people feel they put all that weight on these good things and now they're bad and then they're inadequate. And then it, it perpetuates this cycle, right? That then makes it not a positive experience. Yeah. Another thing that I think is important, and I have definitely referred count, countless people to this option, obviously in a very respectful and polite way, but mental health support. I think this stuff is heavy, man, right? Because there are so many reasons why so many of us have gotten to a place where we want to lose weight or why we are not um, currently 100% satisfied in the body that we're in. And like you said, the food and fitness choices are often a side effect of what's going on inside. And for some people, for some people, and I'll speak for myself, for, for me, I know that what was going on inside of me and part of my motivation was because I knew my body. And I knew that when I was taking care of my body, eating in a way that I felt best, moving consistently, what my body would naturally do was not where I was. So the fact that I was overweight by my standards was because of my lack of consistency in being a steward of my body. That was my personal story. Now that's not everyone's, that's not everyone's story. So a lot of what I had going on internally had to do with how I felt about the fact that I was not taking care of my body. Now, granted, I think we all, if you grow up in life, if you have a mother and a father and more than one teacher, we all have some type of issue to work through. So I think mental health is, is still, <laughs> still beneficial. I have a therapist in case I haven't said that enough times. I think it's still beneficial, but I think especially if for, in those instances where we're eating or not moving as a coping mechanism of unaddressed trauma or unaddressed emotional turmoil. Um, yeah, maybe addressing some of the food, drinking some more water, moving, getting out into some sunshine can put you in a more positive space where you actually feel like dialing the therapist number. But I don't think you get all the way to the end and the end being looking and feeling well without bringing in that other arm of support, which is the mental health. Yeah, exactly. And, and in bringing in the mental health, you can get to a space where you're like, I'm perfect the way I am. I feel great the way I am. You know, um, I tell people that for me, my journey shows that I love my body. So for people mm -hmm. to tell me, oh, you can't love your body because you're, no, my journey is showing me that I do love my body, right? Because mm -hmm. I want to I want to nourish my body in the best possible way that I can, right? Mm -hmm. And that includes what I say, what I think, what I read, what I ingest, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, all of the things. Um, and there will come a time, like, I absolutely, now, granted, we don't know people's backstories. We only see what we see. But like, I absolutely love Lizzo and the fact that she is completely unapologetically herself. And she's like, love me, take me, I'm here, I'm fat, and I'm happy. And nobody can say, except for her, whether or not that's her truth, 
right? Mm -hmm. And that very well can be her truth. And you have to dig deep into all of those, those things, right? And do that healing if you have healing to do, right? Figure out if there's anything going on and, and fix that, work on that, learn how to work through that so you can get to that space. Mm -hmm. And then whatever so, it looks like physically is just what it looks like physically. Period. Yeah. There is no standard of there are thin people that are miserable and there are overweight people that are extremely happy. <laughs> you know? So true. Hashtag facts. So if someone just wanted the quick and dirty, they're like, okay, Jasmine, all right, Conceda, I get it. I'm no longer conflicted. I can still love myself and want to change. And I do indeed want to change. What are some rapid fire things that you think someone can literally begin to implement today, this moment, as soon as this podcast is over to start to move in that direction in a way that doesn't feel like deprivation? Um, I would say pick one thing that you really want to do. One thing that you have always said, oh, I would love to try. And then mm -hmm. break that down and find one small step that you can take towards that, right? So, mm -hmm. and, and don't try and eat the whole elephant. I didn't start by changing my eating and working out and, and, and all at once. So just pick that one thing and whittle it all the way down to one little change, even if it's doing one push-up today. Like one is one more than you did yesterday. And if it's a push-up on the wall because you can't get on the floor, congratulations because you didn't do it yesterday right? If it's writing in your journal for five minutes because you didn't do that yesterday, that's fantastic. Just take one thing and commit to that one tiny thing every single day and watch it snowball. Love it. Mine would be concentrating on what your body needs to feel well over what you need to give up. So a lot of the questions I get being a food and fitness strategist is what are the best foods to eat for weight loss? What should I never eat for weight loss? And I'm like, Sis, do you drink water? <laughs> Can we start there? Can we not have ashy insides? Because you're telling me all about your out of control. <laughs> you're telling me all about your out of control hunger. And if we just like moisturize those insides as well as we do that skin, then like some of those hunger issues will go away. So like, can we just drink water? Like, can we start there? And what's funny about that, I know you're laughing at me. It's okay. I'm used to that. Always happens. But the I thing about that is insides. I've never heard Ashy insides. That was great. <laughs> so I saw that somewhere on Instagram and I wish I remember who so I could give them credit. I wasn't that clever, but I said it well. So um but yeah, but just it's amazing how much motivation you have to take on more challenges, progressively more challenging challenges when we do the really simple stuff that actually makes a difference, the stuff that everyone knows, usually it's the kind of stuff that our grandma told us to do, but that we've ignored. So like even doing that stuff, like just start there. Like how, what makes you feel well? Like don't give up the gummy bears right off the bat, because if you've not been eating green vegetables, like even if gummy bears make you feel bad, you haven't felt what good feels like yet. So you don't know that. So if you're giving them up, it's just, again, diet culture. You feel like you should. So like, let's have a plum today. Let's have an apple today. Let's find things that we enjoy that make us feel well um, so that then we can, we can operate from that space as opposed to, again, that kid in summer school, I must because I didn't. Like, I do not like to operate from that place personally or have my clients operating from that place. 
Yeah. So I love the fact that we both, while we said different things, they were both adding. They weren't subtracting. Yes. Anything. We both said add something. This isn't yes. punishment. Again, it's not about punishment. It's not about taking away. It's about increasing the good. I love that. I know. Look at that synergy, girl. The other thing, too, speaking of adding, and I would be remiss if I didn't say this one, but I've just got to throw it in there because in this, like, rush, rush, hurry, hurry, hustle, hard culture, like, girl, rest. Like, sometimes one of the most body positive things you can do for yourself if you want to feel good and you want to lose weight is rest. You'd be surprised how that can help get those hormones that are in charge of fat burning and fat storage together when you're not only sleeping four hours a day, every day. Like, I know it sounds gimmicky, but like sometimes we do need to just sleep it off. Like we can actually sleep it off because starting with movement in some cases can actually do more damage than taking care and making sure we're resting. So that's, I've got plenty, but you guys, you guys have 102 other podcasts where I give you my thoughts on that stuff. But I wanted to highlight those for this episode. So that said, I'm going to ask one last question and then we'll let everybody know where they can find you um, to connect with you because you're awesome. And her Instagram, she's so good at it. Like it's highly entertaining and informative. So if you're not following her over there, you should be, and she'll tell you where to go. But Jay, do you think that there's ever a time when it's more beneficial to suspend weight loss and solely, solely, solely focus on loving yourself? Like, where, hey, this is a situation where it's possible that a weight loss journey just may not be for you at this time. Yes. Life is about, I I equate it to balancing your tires, right? Mm -hmm. So you get all four new tires on your car, and then eventually one of them is going to go flat or it's going to wear down a little more quickly than the other three, and you need to replace it or you need to rotate them, right, so that they get even wear. The same thing goes for that journey. There are going to be times you can't, there's just absolutely no way you can go 100% full speed with your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health, your emotional health, your family, your work, your, we have so many plates to juggle, right? And so there are times when you do need to put that tire on the back and put something else up front so that you can heal and figure that I'm going through it personally myself. I had to take a moment and figure out what is the root of this? Why did this not make me feel good? Why did this make me react in this way? Because now I'm not enjoying my journey. Let's get to the bottom of this so that I can get back to doing what I need to do the way I need to do it. Because again, it's not just about the weight. It's about that total wellness, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you're not, if you're not healing completely, then it's like putting a bandaid on a gash that needs stitches. It's just, it's going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. I think yes, too. And it's interesting because I think if you had asked me this question some years ago, I would not have thought so. Um, but I do think today, yes. And my answers are, I think there are two situations that come to mind anyway. Um, one is that if you find that you're in constant internal conflict and you're constantly self-sabotaging, and it's not, it's not an information gap, right? It's not that you just didn't know that the beans were starch and you didn't realize the guacamole was fat and you were 
eating that together and like that's why <laughs> why you weren't losing weight and you just frustrated yourself to death because there was a gap in knowledge if it wasn't that and it wasn't a gap in process right it wasn't that you knew you needed to eat vegetables but you travel and your vegetables always went bad you never even thought that you could always just get a, a, a green smoothie from whole foods and that would be all three servings for that day so like it was not a gap in knowledge it was not a gap in process but and maybe even you have a coach and you have accountability, but you consistently um, excuse yourself from the work or for every solution, you're able to find a different obstacle as opposed to actually going forward with a solution that's actually feasible for you. To me, that's a hallmark of some deep, deep internal resistance. And it's probably more beneficial and less frustrating to get to the root of that, especially if if you're air quotes engaged in the weight loss process, but really you're just occupying a seat on the bus, but you're not really engaged in the process for some other reason that I think is just more beneficial and it's more edifying, I believe, to get to the root of that in the first place. And then I think the other thing is that if you just really don't want to lose weight, maybe, maybe you thought that if you lost weight, it'd be easier to do push-ups and pull-ups, but you found this amazing training pro program and you're doing them just fine. Or you thought that if you lost weight, that your husband would stop misbehaving, but you lost weight and he's still out in the streets doing whatever with whomever. And your motivation for losing weight was tied to a belief that the weight loss would cause something else to change and that it didn't. And instead of letting go of that, you're still pursuing the weight loss just because maybe you're the type of person who always likes to check off her to-do items and you said you were going to do it and you're trying to do it, but really you don't want to, then I think it's definitely time to suspend the process and figure out how to be completely happy and in love with yourself right where you are if you don't want to. Absolutely. Totally yeah. agree. So... Woo, girl, this was meaty. This was long. This will probably be two episodes. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it works out in editing. But thanks, Jasmine, so much for joining us. Um, fierce friends, you know, we always say after you learn something, you have to do something. So your fierce follow up, should you choose to accept, is really to just join, join the conversation. This one is really one where we want you to reflect. Do you think? based on all you've heard and what you think that body positivity and weight loss can coexist and more importantly share your aha moments and your insights you can do that in our free facebook group and i'll give you the link to get there after um jasmine tells us where we can find her after this episode because she came on she dropped plenty of gems the type of gems she's always dropping on me <laughs> during the week as we chat on the phone and as we text so I know that you guys love her as much as I do and want to keep up with her. So Jasmine, where can they find you? So you can find me on Instagram. My handle is at becomingj, J-A-I. Um, my website, becomingj.com. And you can find me on really across social media platforms at becomingj YouTube um, and on Facebook as well. Awesome. Awesome. So you heard it here, guys. Connect with Jasmine. She is amazing, informative and entertaining. And she's really responsive on social too. So if you want to, you can 
hit her up in the DM. She gets a ton of those. So that said, if you enjoyed this episode, you want to continue the conversation with us, meet us over in our private support group on Facebook. You can get access to that group by going to conceivedathomas.com slash become a fierce friend, all one word. Also, if you want to access the show notes of this episode, you just head over to conceitathomas.com slash EP103 as in episode 103. If you've listened this far, that means you definitely enjoyed it. You know someone else who would. Please be generous. Share this out on social. Share it with all your girlfriends. And finally, on whichever podcast platform you're listening to this episode, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss the next one when it goes live. That's all I have for you today, Fierce Friend. Until next time, stay fierce. You're ready to master your motivation, keep your head in the game, and get the results that you deserve. And I have just the thing to help you boost your mood and wrap yourself in motivation every single day. Visit the Conceda Thomas Apparel Shop today to get your motivational tanks, tees, and mugs. Be sure to use the promo code FIERCEFRIEND for a discount on your first order of $25 or more. You can visit the shop at ConceitaThomas.com slash apparel. Are you sick and tired of starting over when it comes to your healthy eating? Have all your failed attempts got you wondering why you can't seem to stick to anything long enough to get results and definitely not to keep results? Listen, it's not you. It's the diet. Giving up your favorite dishes just to lose weight doesn't last. And force feeding yourself food that isn't even culturally familiar just because some guru said it would help you get results is a setup for failure. When you are ready to get real results eating the foods that you already love, it's time to schedule your eating audit. Let me help you discover the tiny tweaks you need to make to get results from the foods you already eat every day. No more diets, no more falling off the wagon, just real lasting results with food you're actually going to be happy to eat after you reach your goal. Schedule your eating audit today at conceitathomas.com slash audit. Hurry up, our introductory promo rate won't last forever, so schedule your audit now. If you've been wishing for fitness wear that was so comfortable that you would never want to take it off, yet fashionable enough to actually wear out for a night on the town, then you've got to check out my friends and sponsor Blessed Bodywear. Guys, they've got the goods. Once you try their squat pants, no other pants will do. I promise you, they're my absolute favorite. Visit blessedbodywear.com today and use promo code NOFUSS, N-O-F-U-S-S, to save on your order.